0: Have you ever wondered how the H-2B visa program works? Does it steal jobs from Americans or does it create opportunities? Today, I interview Chris Pooley, an immigration attorney, and my client, Rich Lehman from Landscape Technology Group about how to take advantage of the H-2B program and some tips for networking and really getting the most out of it. My name's Jack Jostis and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide to Modern Sales and Marketing podcast. This show is all about helping you increase your sales and marketing and enjoy a better lifestyle. And to do that, you're going to need great employees on your team. Now, the H2B program is kind of complicated. And it's something that I'm continually learning about. And I hope you enjoy today's episode where Chris and Rich share several decades of experience in working with this nuanced program. All right, folks, here we are with Chris Pooley and Rich Lehman. And uh, we're gonna talk today about H2B visas and how to get them for your landscaping company and some common challenges that the green industry faces and some some tips that I didn't know about from uh, from Chris. So I'm here with uh, Rich Lehman. Rich is the owner of Landscape Technology Group up here in Vail. He and I do a bunch of marketing work together. And one of his buddies is Chris Pooley. So Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself what do you do where are you from
1: I'm an immigration lawyer originally from Ann Arbor Michigan been in the valley here since 2003 I do lots of
0: h2b visas
1: for landscapers
0: and so tell us uh, for people who are watching that maybe aren't familiar with h2b visas what what are h2b visas and I learned before we started rolling that they're actually four different kinds so what are they
1: well h2b workers are non-agricultural temporary workers There are four categories. Um, Most landscapers are seasonal. Seasonal is if you do it one part of the year, but you don't do it the other part of the year. Peak load is if you do it year-round, like hotel maids, but they have a peak load need for more hotel maids during the peak seasons. Third type is intermittent need. That might be hurricane relief or disaster relief, where sometimes they need extra workers, sometimes they don't. Last category is one-time need, which might be a construction one-time construction project or something like that
0: okay so for for most of the people watching who run landscape companies they're going to be they're going to be wanting to get h2b uh visas for seasonal work right right right. and and um i I mean i suppose some of them could be doing a a one-time construction project but that's typically not the case right right typically most h2b's are seasonal and, and so one of the things that you had shared with me was that there's, a, there's an optimal time to get HTB workers. And, and what is that? Explain That's that.
1: That's right, Jack. There's a, there's a quota of 66,000 HTB visas. 33,000 become available on October 1st, which is the beginning of the fiscal year for the federal government. The other 33,000 become available April 1st. Every year... In recent years, there's been about 100,000 applications for 33,000 visas. So you are in the pole position with the best chance to get an H-2B visa if you have a seasonal need that starts on April 1st. Like Rich, his seasonal need is April 1st through November 30th each year. Colorado has a well-defined landscaping season, which is April 1st through November 30th each year. It's different in different areas of the country.
0: So what? What if I do snow removal? What if I'm in an area of the country where I, I I'm available to keep people year round? We do snow removal, we do landscape design and construction, uh, different things like that. Would I want to try and get in for that uh, for the October one? Or talk to me about that.
1: Well, if you're in that situation, and I have clients in that situation that do landscaping in the summer and snow removal in the winter, and the great thing about that is we call them rollovers. If you roll over. From an H-2B landscaping job, April through November, you can roll over to the winter snow removal job from December through March. And uh, rollovers are not subject to the quota. The quota is only applicable to new H-2B workers coming in from outside the U.S. or changing to H-2B from another visa category.
0: Okay, so does that mean does that, mean that I could potentially have one person stay with me for a whole year? That's right. Um, but there's a
1: limitation on stay which is three years. So once they've rolled over for three years, they have to leave the U S for a time period before they can come back in on an H2B
0: visa. And is that time period, isn't it like 90 days or something? So, so if I rolled over for three years, could I come and left for 90 days? Could I then come back and roll over again? Or does it? Yes.
1: And in fact, with the COVID there's been exceptions to the three year limitation. They they've made exceptions um, because of COVID. So, you know, the tip is, well, For the summer season, ideally, to be in the pole position, you want an April 1st start date. Because if you have a start date in June, like a lot of employers do, they're pretty much locked out of the quota, unless they have rollovers, because the quota's going to be filled with people with April 1st start dates. In the winter season, the pole position is an October 1st start date. But the snow doesn't start flying here October 1st, and so, you know, the farther you get out from October 1st, the more likely the quota will be reached before... You get your, your workers is, you know, typically, I don't know, it's gone sometime in January. Due to COVID, uh, the U.S. consulates have been closed, and they uh, were taking visa applications from workers who had had visas in previous years, because part of the process of getting a visa is you have to go into the consulate to have biometrics taken, which are digital photos and digital fingerprints. So somebody who's already had the visa before, they have their digital Biometrics. They have their digital photos. They have their fingerprints. And so they can issue a new visa without having to let them into the consulate to get the biometrics done. And so, um, you know, an employer who hires an HDB worker who has not had a visa in the past might not be able to get a visa due to COVID because they don't want to let them in the building.
0: So, so how do they work around that? They, there is no workaround. Well, shucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, so what what it is saying is is that if you know of a person that's worked for a hotel or seasonally in the winter, that then they can compliment you in the summer, then that's somebody who's been there. It's not necessarily you have to work look for the worker who has worked for another landscape company. So it's it's working looking for the person that's been on the resort at Mothra's Vineyard, that's been up in Washington, that's been in Hawaii or something like that, working for a a hospitality industry and they want to work year-round or have that opportunity so that's where you can be searching
0: that's that's great and one of the things rich while we were here you were networking with everyone who worked here you were getting people's phone numbers and networking and everyone knew somebody so that was that's one of your one of your tips is to uh Is to network.
2: Correct. Network and find the person that has a H2B visa. They may not be interested in working that summer, but they're probably working with the company that has 5, 10, or 15, or 20 other H2B workers with them at the moment, and they could spread the word around that you'd like to have them stay for the summer.
0: Cool. You know, one of the things that, you know, some people say is that the whole H2B program uh, takes jobs away from Americans, uh, but a lot, a lot of what I've heard from many landscapers is they can't find Americans to do the work, and one of the things that I learned from you is that you actually feel like it allows you to create different jobs in your company, so, so tell us a little bit about that.
2: Correct, so our landscape season in the mountains here is actually from about April 1st through November 30th, where we can be working and installing trees, patios, Shrubs and flowers. But what we have a difficult time with then is being able to have a workforce from the beginning to the end. A lot of times you'll find that we could be getting some college kids that are available from May 15th to August 15th, but there's a shorter period of time where our season is another couple months on either side of what they would be available for. But more importantly, what it allows me to do when I can get an H2B worker is it allows me to hire recent college graduates that do have their degree in landscape architecture, horticulture, in project management, because then they have the job of what they went to school for and are able to manage workers underneath them.
1: So basically the H-2B workers create jobs for U.S. workers. It's a you know, misconception that they take jobs away from U.S. workers because H-2B workers have, the employers have to jump through more hoops than just about any other non-immigrant, which is a temporary visa category, they have to pay prevailing wage, they have to advertise, do recruitment to show there are no U.S. workers available. Um, and then they create jobs because, you know, rich can employ more administrative staff, more managerial staff um, with more
0: H-2B workers. And one one of the things that I, I didn't know about was a J visa right. and that um, unlike J visas, with H two B visas, you have to pay a prevailing wage. Right. Right. So so there's I think there's a misconception out there that oh, H two B workers are they're gonna get paid less and that's gonna decrease what people can get paid in the local market. But that's that's not the case. So talk to us about prevailing wages and J visas and all these oh, different sure. nuances. I mean
1: I'm not here to say anything bad about the J one program, but um, the the H two B program has protections for US workers the J visa program doesn't J visa doesn't require prevailing wages J visa doesn't require you to
0: show you can't find a US worker um and right so so we're we're at a hotel right now and so um what what would uh, what do you think most hotels would use between the the J visa and the H2B visa well,
1: every employer would prefer to have H2B workers I think because um with the J-1, typically, you don't get the same worker coming back year after year. I mean, with, the, with H-2B, it's the same workers year after year. They're trained, and you know they bring that knowledge from the previous years with them, whereas typically with the J-1s, it's new workers every year.
0: But one of the one of the challenges or one of the things that I was curious about was um, wages and what you do pay people. Because, you know, in, in most industries, if you have somebody who's coming back every year, they're increasing their skill and their value of the organization, you'll pay them more. But I think there are certain restrictions with what you can pay people with the same job title. So kind of talk to me about that. Oh,
1: sure. So under the H2B program, you have to have the same... Wages and working conditions for U.S. workers, so it can raise the wages for U.S. workers. In fact, because um, you can't pay a U.S. worker that does the same job as an H two B worker any less than than the prevailing wage rate, and then you can have wage differences between workers in the same occupation as long as it's based on experience and performance.
0: And Chris, you primarily work with with companies in Colorado, but you also have clients out in in other states, right? Yes. So, what, what are some of the challenges that you've, you've seen or mistakes maybe that you've seen in, in particular landscapers make either in Colorado or in other states when working with the H2B program?
1: Um, I mean, sometimes new clients don't have a well-defined seasonal need. It has to be an annually recurring seasonal need. And how Department of Labor usually determines that is by payroll summaries. They want to look at the number of landscape laborers employed each month the total wages paid each month, the total number of hours worked each month. And so those numbers have to be higher, say in Colorado for April through November, than they are December through March. So if an employer has you know, more workers in the off season, pays more wages in the off season, has more hours worked any one of those months in the off season, they might not qualify for the H2B program.
2: I've been involved in the H2B program since two thousand three, when Chris moved into the valley here as well, so we we've been business partners, trying to get help me with my employees for a long period of time. Right now, um, what it really is is what Chris expressed: it's you have to have your paperwork in line, you have to show your seasonal need through the months of when you need them. So then you also have to show the seasonal need, but then also you have to be able to employ them the whole time because the other end of the h2b program is you have to employ them a minimal amount of hours per
1: week right they have to be have a minimum of 35 hours um per week and then the employer has to guarantee three-fourths of the hours for every 12-week period
0: so so they are hourly yes and you have to guarantee three quarters of their hours right Got it.
2: So I guess you you just can't bring in employees and have them work a part-time basis. You have to make sure your business and prove to the government that you have a seasonal need to employ the amount of employees you want to have at least three quarters of a time. In our case, it's more. And you have to show that consistently over the past years.
0: Well, and that, that comes into the show really with with marketing, right, and, and creating enough demand for your business. So let's talk a little bit about about sales and marketing, um, Rich. You've you've been working in the Vale Valley for nearly twenty five years now. What are what are some of the things that you've seen change during that time from a sales and marketing standpoint, and what's what's really working for you now?
2: Well, I'd say you know steps in with you a little bit, but more recently with COVID, a lot of our clients want to work remotely or talk with us remotely. so we're doing a lot of faceTime calls with clients, zoom calls with clients during the bidding phase design phase and then even on the job sites we'll be walking around with cameras showing them the work we've done on a daily basis or weekly basis as well. Um, and with that too is is our web page we're really taking a step up because people have been are searching for us on the web and they're not necessarily going to the past print, types of uh magazines and such in the past or even newspapers and such so we're making a conscientious decision to use the web our web page in google to be found
0: yeah you know and people people are searching and and in particular in the vale valley there are a lot of second homeowners there are a lot of people who are maybe their full-time residence is out of state and they're looking online to see you know who does landscape design um what uh, Tell us a little bit more about how, how have sales changed with, you know, Zoom and video conferencing and maybe meeting with people less in person. And uh, do you think that's going to continue even as, you know, restrictions release?
2: I really think so. For our company, we thought we had to meet the client in the beginning, the middle, in the end, in person, shake their hands, have the contract signed in person. But in today's world, there's DocuSign. There's um, the the fact that the client can see you with the project lifetime right behind them when you're placing the patio, when you're choosing, if we're going to a a store to to choose a fireplace or to choose the outdoor kitchen and stuff, they can be part of that with us while still being at their house in Florida, California, Canada, and such. So it allows them to be active with us right away, lifetime
0: yeah absolutely i think there's so much that you know you will always do in person and i think we're going to see more and more of it happening over video happening over video conferencing and one of the things that we're going to work on right now next after we shoot this podcast is you know recording a, a video about how to buy from landscape technology group so um chris um for for people who might have questions where where can we learn more about you
1: oh you can contact me at uh Nine seven zero eight four five seven four seven four or www.PooleyLaw.com. That's P-O-O-L-E-Y, uh,
0: law.com. All right, cool. PooleyLaw.com. And Rich, thanks so much for being on the show today. Everyone, I hope you learned some helpful tips on sales, marketing, and using the H2B program. My name's Jack Justice. Thanks so much for checking out the Landscaper's Guide to Modern Sales and Marketing podcast. We look forward to seeing you next week. Chris, can I get a, a hell yeah? Hell yeah! In, in on the count of three here: one, two, three.
2: Hell, hell yeah! yeah!
0: <laughs> okay.